Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. All right, everyone. It's Mike here with BeastNet. Um, I've got Janelle uh, on the Hi, phone. Hi, everybody. Hey, Janelle. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So good. mainly I wanted to talk to you because there, there's so many different things about you to, to talk about. I mean, you're, you moved here from Utah, right? Yep. And then you've been going to school, yep. which is, is always fun. And <laughs> you, you do a lot of Spart- – you do Spartans and all the other OCRs and endurance stuff and all that and help out with Beast in the background. And so th- there's a lot of things yeah. I kind of wanted to cover with you. So where where okay. would you yeah. like to start? <laughs> Wherever you want, Mike. I'm whatever is most interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all interesting. That's kind of it. I mean, so yeah. – <laughs> what have you been going to school for? Let's let's start there. Okay, uh, so I started um, school up here in Washington at University of Puget Sound, doing the Doctorate of Physical Therapy program. So I just finished my first year. So that was pretty crazy and exciting, and I I think I might have died just a little bit. That was like the longest endurance thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's been really amazing. I'm. I'm so happy I'm in it, and I think I finally found, like, what I was meant to be when I grow up, you know? Yeah, we're never going to grow up. You know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Just the next phase, I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, with, with doing the physical therapy, I mean, well, why is that something that you chose? I mean, is it was there something that led to it, or was it just something you've always been interested in? No. You know, I kind of... I kind of just figured it out late in the game. I uh, I went back to school. I thought I was going to be a pharmacist or maybe like uh, a PA or something medical. I, my whole family is very medical-based, and so I, it's, that's been an interest ever since I was young. But um, I got all the way through pre-farm stuff, got ready to apply to the exam, and then all of a sudden I was like, I, I don't want to do this. I... I don't want to stand behind, you know, a counter and count pills and have patients just yell at me because it's not ready or they're expensive. <laughs> and I really started realizing I'm much better, like I'm a people person and I, I really enjoy interacting with people and I really care a lot about people, especially when they're overcoming something or they're injured or they're, you know, they're hurting in some way. Um, I kind of just have this natural tendency to want to help out and, and see him through to the other side and you know you wouldn't get to see that being any of those things and so uh, an aunt of mine that lives in California is a physical therapist she talked to me and was like you know you'd be great at this this is exactly what you should do because you're active you like to do all this you know crazy sports stuff and you actually get to be with your patients like they come in and they're they're at the bottom they're feeling like they're never going to be able to do whatever it was they wanted to do again and you get to work with them and encourage them and watch them you know rehabilitate and get back into what it is you know that they wanted to do and so the promise of that kind of portion of co-creating that relationship and actually getting to see the final product where you get to tell them this is your last visit and you know, there's no restrictions, like you can go do everything you want to do, um, that, was, that was the kicker for me. That's when I knew, like, that's, that's what I need to be doing. So uh, 
I had applied in Utah and was actually in the process of being accepted and had no idea, hadn't even really thought about Washington. Yeah. And uh, then I came up here to do my my beast for my trifecta for 2016, and I just loaded up here. And I spent a, a, about a week here with my family, and they showed me around, and we went to all these different places, and kind of jokingly said, you know, if you want to move up here, you can crash with us, and uh, things in Utah had been kind of, you know, not so great, yeah. <laughs> past, uh, past relationships, and just just things going on that it was one of those signs that the universe wanted me to, to change my life and, and my surroundings, and I was hesitant too and afraid, and... So after running the beast up here, I went home and it was like everything fell into place and and uh, said you need to move. <laughs> and so I said okay, I'm moving to Washington and, and I applied for a University of Puget Sound up here. It's the only school I applied for. It was the only one that was open. Still, everyone else had closed their applications and I got in. So I think it was kind of I don't know the fate aligned and said yep, this is where you're supposed to be. So. <laughs> Here I am, and just finished my first year. That's awesome. That was really long. That was really long answer, sorry. It was. No, that was awesome. I mean, it was great to hear, you know, <laughs> why, and it kind of gave it, you know, why you came from Utah yeah. over to here. I mean, it's it's awesome to hear that kind of stuff. And I mean, doing physical therapy, especially with, you know, being part of the beast, I think it's going to be a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, yeah. seen all of us in the beast. We like to injure ourselves and be stupid and do <laughs> yep. things anyway, but yep. <laughs> so I mean you everything I like to do, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean you, you get to kind of yeah. you know see that in us. I mean I know there's been yeah. you know there was quite a few people with like certain members of the team, me included, that people questioned for doing things even though we were injured. But right, it's kind of one of those things. Sometimes you you, you weigh the the you take the gamble. You know, it's right. like I've always said when I did the. When I did Hawaii, yeah, I did have a broken foot and it wasn't a boot. But in my defense, I did have doctors okay. I talked to my doctor. Right. I explained what I wanted to do. And, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes you you take those gambles. But, I mean, for someone like you, you're going to see all the sides of that. You know, I mean, people yeah. – yeah. I've mentioned it before. People forget about the side – the depression side of getting hurt. I mean, you have all right. this stuff, you're doing all this stuff. And I mean, for me, it's been the hardest thing to come out of. I was on track. I was dropping the weight. I was working out. I was doing everything I was supposed to do. And then I shattered my foot. Yep. And it all yeah, ended. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know and, there, there's a very, very strong connection between um, mental health and physical health. I mean, everybody yes. knows that, right? Um, and when you have people... I hate to, I hate to, like, put us in a group, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's all, there's all kinds, yeah. but I think it's pretty obvious that there, there's a type of people that like to do what we do, and, and so, when you have people like, like all of us, that, um, you know, I think, I think I've kind of figured out, the people that like to do this stuff are people that have been broken once, or twice, or several times, and... And found their strengths, found their ability, found their answers yeah. in the mud or in the rain or in the fire or, you know, whatever it was, whatever moment of one of these events or this hard, crazy stuff, they found what they needed to find. And so it's, that's, 
we go and we do our jobs. We go to school. We have families. But there's something about that part of our life that fuels our soul and continues to do it over and over and over again. Yes. And so being able to go out there, whether it's an, an actual event or just on our own, you know, go out and carry a sandbag through some mud or some sand like I did this weekend or go up on a mountain, like that's very critical for us as these types of people to continue to feed ourselves and, and our health and our well-being. And when that's taken away, I think we all really struggle because it feels like we're sent back to that place where we were broken before. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. And, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's a rough, you know, that's a rough place to be. And it's, I think it's more of the fear of being back in that place that's hard on us than the actual weeks that we're not allowed, you know, that we can't do what we want to do. Um, and maybe I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not saying I'm speaking for everyone. Oh, no. But it seems to be a very common chord when I see the people who are injured and are really struggling with, I wanted to do X event, I wanted to do X race. And now I'm hurt. Do I do it? Do I not? You know, like it's a, it's this inner like struggle for them. And I think that people on the outside can't see it for what it is to us. You know what I mean? It's not just a race. It's not just a run. It's it's that moment that you look forward to to kind of like reevaluate and and strengthen that mental bond you made with yourself. That I'm stronger than whatever it was I overcame. You know. Yeah. And I mean, that's a great way of put it. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, an injury, like you said, it's suddenly I can't do what I did before. And sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes even though that injury is healed, you know, quote unquote healed, yeah. Yeah. you're never the same. Um, you know, that's right. one thing I've, I've tried explaining to some people. That's been my biggest thing trying to overcome with like my foot is I have yeah. no push with my left foot. Now my foot doesn't bend yeah. that way. It doesn't work like it did three years ago. Yeah. So my stride's wrong. The way I run is wrong. I mean, I mean, I guess wrong isn't the right word. Different. It's different than it was three years ago. And because of that, my body reacts and I get horrible back pain when I run. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been trying to overcome for two years. So, I mean, people look at me and yeah, I've gained weight again and I'm trying to fix that. But part of that comes back to that injury two years ago, I'm still trying to come back from that. And it's tough because like I said, now my stride's different. When you injure something Uh like a foot or an ankle or a knee, you, you never quite come back the same. And that's the hard part is trying to figure out how to, how to continue. Right. How to adjust and and how to recalibrate to this new different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how to adapt. And that's been tough. Yeah. And I think that's the part that I'm most excited about uh, being a PT because, you know, there's just like doctors, just like lawyers, just like car salesmen, there's good ones and there's bad ones out there. And there's good ones that are right for the type of person. And uh, OCR people and, and, you know, really crazy runners that do marathons and people that do these really extreme sports, Ironmans and, you know, all these other things. Um, finding a good doctor and finding a good piece that can meet you on your your mental level is difficult because yeah. a lot of people, they don't want to go see a doctor. They do not want to go see a physical therapist because they say they're just going to tell me to stop doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And there are some out there that will do that. You know, they'll say, if you want to be better, then you need to stop. And 
you know, I mean, there's a there's a small line of that that's, that's probably true, and in maybe some situations, you know, that that will be the answer. But personally, I don't I don't think that that's the right answer. You know what I mean? You're as a as a doctor, that's never the correct answer unless that's what your patient is okay with. You know what I mean? But yeah. with people like us, you're never going to have them become happy and healthy and functioning and enjoying their life if you tell them to stop doing what they love to do. Yeah. So I, I view it as, okay, my job now as a physical therapist is let's figure out what level we can get you back to and get you back into doing the things you love the problem is we might have to adjust it just a little bit. It might not be to the exact same intensity or the distance or, you know, that you were before, but let's get you back into it so so that you're happy again, yeah. you know? And I think, I think that's an important push for physical therapists that are coming out of school right now is, you know, before it was like, do these exercises, stop doing what you've been doing, you're never going to run again, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that just breaks people's spirits, and, and they're never happy. And then what happens is they stop doing those things, they become depressed, they gain weight, they hate their jobs, their family life starts to suck, their, their overall health goes down the hole, and now you have a sick, unhealthy, unhappy person, do you know what I mean, that's oh, yeah. now on more medications and more health problems, and it's just down the rabbit hole they go, you know. Oh, yeah, it's a giant so snowball effect. I really effect. think that, yeah, I really think that we can, you know, kind of shift the trend and get people back to doing what they do um, and just realize that, you know, our bodies are, are pretty amazing and can overcome so much more than we think they can, but we're, we're not invincible, and so you have to find that balance of, pushing yourself and getting better and getting back to it, but also taking care of your body and strengthening it properly so that you can keep going and doing your things, you know? Oh yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that's the one thing that I really regret actually when I hurt my foot, um, the orthopedist, nothing, nobody ever sent me to PT. I never had physical therapy for my foot to, to try and get back. So it's pretty much been just me trying to figure out how to do it. And that really, I mean, that's the only thing that I really did not like with the way Ellen and I and, you know, my, my orthopedist yeah. dealt with my injury is they pretty much said, okay, yeah, you can go back to what you were doing at work. But it's like, yeah, but what about the rest of my life? It's like, this right. is what you're not understanding is, yeah, I can go back to sitting at my desk because that right. takes no issue with my foot. But the rest of my life, my OCR, my everything else, I yeah. can't do now because of this injury. Because your foot has been put in a boot for how many weeks yeah. and is now stiffer than stiff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's unfortunate. And, uh, and what's bad is you're not the only person that this happens to. This happens to, uh, I would say, a majority of the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the idea is get you back to work, but that's not, like you said, that's not get you back to life. That's not getting no. back to what makes you happy and what fuels you into every other aspect of your life. And that's, that's where I want to come in. You know, <laughs> like I, I think that being in it and having kind of the same obsession, if you will, or yeah. the mindset really has allowed me to say, okay, this is how I want to approach 
my patients. You know what I mean? I yes, obviously get them better and get them back to work, but I want my patients to leave and be happy and fulfilled and doing at least a semi resemblance of what they used to do. You know, so that they can say, okay, maybe I won't, you know, run a marathon again, but I, at least I can do my six mile run with my dog in the morning or you know yeah. whatever it is that's that that's part of their life and makes them happy. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's, you know, like you said, that's part of it is, I mean, with a lot of doctors, it's get them back to, like, work and surviving. And, and surviving isn't yep. what we want to do. We want to be happy. And, you know, I can exactly. survive. I can survive with my foot the way it is. But the problem yep. that I have is I can't run. And I've had major right. issues with that. I mean, I'm yeah. honestly in worse shape than I was when I first started doing Spartan because of this foot injury. And I right. part of it's my own decisions and things that I've decided along the way, but I didn't really get any help from the, the you know, the, the medical field. What's been great is my normal doctor, like some people don't know this, but one of the issues that I have now is in Montana, I, I got a hernia. I herniate, I have an umbilical hernia. My doctor flat out looks at, yeah, she looked at me and she's like, if you were anybody else and I didn't know what you did for fun, I would tell you to wait and see and see what happens. But she's like, I know what you do. So when's your next race? You know, when's the next race that you have to be able to do? And I'm like, I, I need to, I'm going to Hawaii. I need to be able to do Hawaii in August. And she's like, okay. And she did the math. She's like, then we need to get in and get you surgery in the first or second week of June so that you'll be ready to do Hawaii. And yeah. that's what's awesome is I have a doctor that's like, okay, I know what you do. I know what makes you happy. Yeah. So yeah. let's figure out how we can take care of you medically, but at the same time, make sure you can still do what you want to do. So, right. See, and that's good. That's perfect. You better hold on to that doctor because oh, yeah. they are hard to find, trust me. Oh, yeah. I've been with this doctor for about five years, and she knows. There's been multiple times where she told me I shouldn't do something. And she's like, you probably shouldn't do this, but you're going to do it anyway. So let's talk about how you're going to do it without hurting yourself more. And that's what I like about right. it. You know, she's yeah. just, she's that kind of like straightforward. Like, I know you. I've dealt with yeah. you for five years. I know what you're going to do. Let's figure out how to make sure you don't damage yourself more. So. Right. Well, maybe I need to get her information from you because uh, since moving up here, I'm still looking for a good doctor. Um, yeah. To help me with my issues. Um, Cause you know, injuries aren't just the only thing, you know, people deal with, with illnesses yep. and disease and, you know, the after effects of having those sorts of things. And that can really affect your life too. And, and having someone who understands what, what makes you happy and what you want to get back to uh, is, is so critical because, you know, being, being healthy and, and being able to do those things requires sometimes, you know, continued care. And yeah. if they're not on that same page with you, it can really derail you quickly. Um, and it can. have that happen. Go ahead. I would say, and it can, because sometimes if your doctor doesn't know or isn't thinking about what you do outside the other things you do in life, they may give you a medication that really is going to affect you in a way that's going to mess up the other things in your life. And I mean, that's kind of one of the things that, you know, the right doctor to say, okay, hey, maybe I shouldn't give you this medicine that's going to make you lethargic. It's going to make it hard for you to run. Maybe I should go with this other one because of what you do, your hobbies are. And I don't think enough medical professionals feel that way anymore. It's pretty much about get the patient in and get them out. It's, and that's the way it's become. And it's, yeah. Yeah, I've been dealing with that firsthand, for sure, since I moved here. Um, 
I don't know if it's, it's probably everybody knows now, but I had thyroid cancer a few years ago mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of happened crazy and we found it sort of by accident and had to be like a big deal and <laughs> had it removed, had everything removed. So I have no thyroid, um, and being on that medication or trying to find that, that correct dose of medication has been a nightmare. It, I thought, you know, I thought once, once we found out it was cancer and once we got it removed and everything, you know, was looking to be in the clear, I thought, oh, great, you know, this, this is my answer. This is, this is why I was feeling so horrible and why I couldn't lose weight no matter how much chicken and broccoli I ate or how many miles I put in. Um, I just was constantly puffy and squishy yeah. and it, it was breaking my spirit, you know, and then we found this cancer and, uh, had it removed, you know, they put me on some medication and I thought, well, good now, you know, the, the silver lining, maybe now my body will act, you know, like it should and I'll feel better. And, um, they did this, you know, you're this tall, you're this age, um, you have this much, you know, weight, this is the medication, the medication level you should be on. And I felt horrible and I had no energy and I was cold all the time and I literally wanted to die. And my parents were like, this is not, this is not our daughter. This is not who she is. You know, like she's active and, and runs and does these races. And I just, I had no desire to do anything. And my best friend back in Utah at the time, I said, if this is how I'm going to feel, I don't, I don't want to live anymore. And so she was like, you've got to find a different doctor. And so I went to several different doctors and finally found a doctor in Utah that I told her, you know, and she asked, she was the first one to ask me, like, what do you like to do? What did you do before, you know, the cancer and all this? And I said, well, I was really getting into these races and running and doing all this crazy stuff. And I I like to lift and I work out every day and I run with my dog almost every day. And she was like, I don't think we have your medication level anywhere near what it needs to be. And she nearly doubled it. And about a month or so later, I was starting to feel like back to life. And and I was uh, like, oh my gosh, this is how I'm supposed to feel. You know, this, I feel amazing. Like my skin was kind of starting to glow again. I was. I was dropping some weight. Um, I came up here and ran the beast and felt amazing and had my best time ever. And I was just so happy. And everyone was like, you're starting to look like, you know, how you, you feel. And then when I moved up here, I didn't have that doctor anymore. And I went to one and he was like, why are you on this dosage? You don't need to be this high. We really need to lower you back down. And I kind of fought him. But at the same time, I was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I, I can't say I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And so reluctantly, I agreed and went back down on the lower dose. And uh, in about four or five months, I, I put on another 15, almost 20 pounds. I started feeling horrible again. <laughs> like, it was awful. And it, and it physically showed. And I was miserable. And I was still out there doing races and doing hurricane heats and everything else. That my body was wasn't recovering; it wasn't functioning like it should. And so I went to another doctor, and I was like, "Look, either put me back on this this level that I'm supposed to be at, because these are the things that I like to do, and I'm active, and I don't just sit at a desk job 
or I'm going to find someone who will. And finally he did. And it's been a couple of months and I'm just now starting to like kind of feel alive again. <laughs> but it's, it's crazy how much just something like that can affect, you know, how you feel and how you perform and the mentality behind it. You know, your, your happiness fades a little when you're, you know, something's wrong or your body isn't doing what you wanted it to do or what it should be able to do. And, and that's true. I mean, I've dealt with, I've had some medical issues my whole life that I've dealt with and the, the medicine that the doctors put me on at different times has mm-hmm. had huge impacts. And part of my yeah. problem is I have, there's something weird in my body where I react to medications in ways mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to, <laughs> if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Like, There's nothing weird. It's, you're putting you know, foreign substances yeah. in your body and messing with your chemistry. And it's not that it's weird. It's just, it's just I react differently it, than most. Um, yeah. It's like yeah. codeine. I can't have codeine. If I have codeine, I will climb the walls like I just did a line of cocaine. Yeah. I mean, it is, and codeine is supposed to be for pain. So usually when you're in pain, they don't want you moving around, but you give me codeine, it's pretty much, you might as well have just given me, you know, a line of Coke. I mean, it's, (laughs) you know, so it's always been weird like that where doctors would give me, you know, they realized when I was a kid, they gave me like codeine as, you know, for like codeine cough syrup. Yeah, and my yeah. parent, they, my parents gave it to me. My parents like, we can't do this because every time you hand it to him, he starts like crawling around the house like he's insane. So, oh, and I have other medications where yeah. the doctors are like, well, this is what's supposed to happen, and it has a complete opposite effect. And it's right. always been hard. I've dealt with severe migraines my entire life. I um, don't talk about them a lot because it's just it's something I'm. I st- they started when I was like fourteen and have never stopped. And you know. Oh, man. Every time I go to the doctor, you know, it becomes a six-month thing of tests, the same tests they've been doing for right. 30 years that tell me the exact same thing they have for 30 years is I don't know. And it's just right. like after a while you get tired of it. But the medications they'd give me would be – have so many different effects. I remember one. I lost short-term memory while I was on it. Oh, God. Yeah. And, you know, that's some terrifying. of the – and that's the things that a lot of people forget is a lot of times when you have these other medical conditions, they can have such an the medications and the way doctors treat you can have such a huge effect, right. you know, even it negative is. effect. And, you know, yeah. you just don't know. And I think that's why it's so important. You know, my if I can send a message to anybody about anything, it's you, regardless of how advanced we are in the medical field and how much more we can cure or at least you know, minimize nowadays, you more than ever have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to, number one, go in and tell your doctor, like, these are the things I do. This is what I need to get back to to be happy. And and expect them to help you and to understand and to want to get you there. And if they don't, go find someone else. You know what I mean? You, oh, exactly. you have to represent yourself and stand up for yourself and I think it's become such a system of what's wrong with you right now. Let's get some. Let's get you on something to fix it, and then I'll send you on your way. Yeah. You know, instead of what can we do holistically, and how can we change your life, and how can we change what you're eating, and how you're sleeping, and and what you're thinking, and how you view your own body to make all of this come together to help you heal and to help you find that peace again, and to go out and do the things that make your life worth living you know i think that is what doctors are supposed to be doing oh it is that it's 
it's treat one thing at a time and throw a medication at it and send you out the door. And oh, I agree. And I mean, that's what's great. Like the doctor that I have, like I said, I've had her, I've been with her for probably a little over five years, maybe even longer than that. But when I moved, because she's up all the way up in Renton, and when I moved to Puyallup, everyone's like, oh, you should find a doctor in Puyallup. I'm like, no, I already have a great doctor. Yeah. I'm keeping the one I have. So yeah. I'll drive to Renton yeah. to go to the doctor because I like my doctor that much. So, uh-huh. yeah. But, um, it's let's, definitely worth, worth keeping. Yeah. Oh, it is. But yeah, let's take a quick, a quick break and have a commercial. Okay. And then we'll be right, right back and we'll talk about more stuff and Beast OCR and everything else. Maybe so. some happy, yeah, maybe some happy stuff. That was pretty serious. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's take a quick break. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, and we're back from break. So we, we talked a lot, like you said, we've been very serious for the first half of this and um, <laughs> talked a lot of serious stuff. But but that's kind of one of the things I've wanted in the in the podcast. I know the podcast for the most part lately and, you know, since the beginning has been about great stories of how people persevere through stuff. But I, I also want to have the podcast be into stuff like this where we talk about, you know, medical stuff and helping other people and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's one of the things I was really glad why I got to talk to you about like this PT stuff and you going to school and everything else. So, but now we should talk about some fun stuff. So, (laughs) um, so as everyone knows, you're, you're a big part of beast OCR. I mean, you're at a lot of the workout of the days you're, you're out there, you and Bruder and, and Adam and, and Adam's kid, Braden, Braden. Did I get that Brandon, right? Yep. Brandon, okay. Yeah. Is it bad that I remember the dog's Brandon. name better than the kids? But <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, to, for as fairness, uh, Bruder is pretty popular. You know, I think a lot of people have started asking me, like, where's Bruder? And I, if I ever don't bring him, like, oh, he had to stay. And then they're like, oh, man. And then they're like, oh, but we're happy to see you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're happy to see you. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I get it. He's he's pretty popular. <laughs> he is. So I know one of the big things that you do is a lot of times at the the races and stuff like that. You will, you know, which I kind of goes with you being, you know, going for PT. Is you'll wrap every, you'll help everyone wrap. Yep, tape up. You'll tape yeah. everyone up. And- uh, Adam, yeah, Adam sent me to the rock tape certification. So I am a certified rock taper now. Um, I, I really believe in the brand. It's it's an amazing brand. Uh, it's an amazing product. In school, we we've been you know through our taping sections, and uh, everyone else had KT, and, and here I was with my rock tape, and <laughs> everyone. A lot of the students that were using KT were having skin reactions, and yeah. the tape wasn't sticking, or the tape was disintegrating. You know, just by the end of the day. And the three of us who I rock taped, uh, none of us had really any issues. The tape stayed on for a couple days. I mean, it just kind of like reaffirmed my belief in, in the product. So, 
And see, I haven't used rock tape yet. I, I've always, I mean, I haven't taped up in a, about a year or so, but when I did, I used yeah. to use KT, but the problem that I had was exactly what you said. It would, by, especially doing OCRs, by the time I went to the first, yeah. like, mud obstacle or the first, like, uh, barbed wire crawling, because yeah. usually it was my knees that I was taping up. Um, yeah. It was gone. It, it was ta- it was off. Yeah. Or the only way I could find that I was going to stay on is I was pretty sure I was going to have to shave my legs. And I've done that before, and it's not very easy. So, yeah. You know, uh, I, do, I, I do have to say, it is going to work a lot better if you – I mean, a little bit of hair, it, it should be fine. But if you've got, if you've got some nice, you know, uh, Viking hair, we'll say, yeah. uh, maybe shaving that little patch will help with it stick. But – the number one thing, and I don't think a lot of OCR people know this, is that tape needs about 30 to 45 minute, minute minimum to react with your skin, for the adhesives to re- react and to make that barrier. Um, so a lot, and even like just this last uh, race we had, I was people were coming up to me and they're like, hey, my heat's starting in you know, 10 minutes, can you tape me really fast? And I'm like, ah, dang, you know, I can tape you. It's probably not going to stay off. It needs about 30 to 45 minutes. If you can give it an hour, even better. Yeah. Um, to kind of create that barrier and stick to the skin. And uh, especially, you know, obviously no sunscreen, no whatever, lotion, you know. But um, I don't think a lot of people know that it needs that much time. And so they tape up, they run to the shoot. And then, you know, the first obstacle they hit, it's peeling off and it's coming off and everyone's like, ah, this stuff is crap. But yeah. if you can give it that time to make that barrier, it will stay on for days. I mean, you know, barbed wire might, might tear it off but uh, or some gravel, you know, but the water and the mud will at least. Um, well, and that was part of my thing is really because it was my knee the second I bent. Like really bent my knee, yeah. like you know when you were crawling, that's when I would start to have problems. Yeah. And I think part yeah. of it was, I mean, I would put it on, you know, about an hour or so before I went. And usually I put it on before I left the house. But and a couple of times I did it like the day before. But with KT, I could never seem to get that good, you know, that good that's stick good contact. Yeah. So and I think part of it well, is I, I have hairy legs. Show but you some ways. <laughs> I can show you some other ways to take too, if if that's a problem. That's the nice thing about being, you know, certified is I've learned now, like, okay, this person has body part, uh, here's how we normally tape it, but what's cool is being at these multiple races, I'm starting to get to know some people like, oh, this worked for you last time, or this part bothered you, or this part didn't work, and now I know different ways that I can alter it and still hit that, hit that focal point of, uh, either what I'm addressing, some pain or some functional issue. And so it's nice because I'm not just seeing, you know, this one person one time and now they're yeah. gone and I never know if it worked or not. Like, it's cool. Like, they're like, yeah, yesterday you taped this, this, and this really worked, but this part came off or this part was bothering me and, you know, with my clothing or whatever. And so I can kind of adjust and, and tweak it out. And then when we find, like, that magical combo of, tape pattern plus you know placement it's really cool because they come back and they're like oh my gosh this stayed on it didn't bother me like i feel really great my knee hasn't moved this great in years you know it's super exciting so if anyone out there is having some issues uh you know come give it a try i mean it won't it won't hurt especially if you know what you're doing and you know how to keep it right you know it definitely can't hurt That's good. Uh, that is good. Because, I mean, that that's one of the things, I mean, a lot of people, you know, 
having this this sport is they get hurt. I mean, yeah. and sometimes in really weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not even at the sport. It's getting training for it or whatever. I mean, you know, we had, I mean, when I was in Hawaii last year, you had Michael Sanchez and who uh, hurt his foot jumping into the water. Yeah. You know, while he was getting, you know, yeah. while he was just hanging out in Hawaii, ended up getting a huge gouge yeah. in his foot right before he was supposed to do all three races. And it's like, oh, yeah. nice. You know, and then you got guys like G who yesterday broke his ankle in three places. So I know. I'm so heartbroken about that. Oh, yeah. He was doing so awesome, freaking running marathons. And yeah. I know. And he was just finding, like, you could tell he was lighting up at oh, the last was. race. We talked about some of his marathons, and he was just lit up about you know how how well he's been doing, and and now he'll be out for just a little bit. But oh, I have yeah. full intention on uh, making sure he finds a good PT and we get him back into it as fast as we can. But you know, oh, I hope so. He, I love it's G. Funny because yeah, he's great. Um, but it's funny because out of all the patients I've seen in our clinics and in my previous jobs, you know, as a tech, um, everyone came in and, and I'm always like, gosh, how did this happen? You know, and everyone's like, ah, oh, it's really dumb how this happened. You yep. know, I, I'm a runner, I'm a this, I'm a that, but I didn't even hurt myself bad. It was getting out of the car. I tripped over a stair. You know, it's, it's all that the little mundane stuff. So oh, yeah. rarely we would get someone that came in and they were like, had a really actual, like, gnarly injury that occurred while they were doing something super cool. And so it was kind of, I hate to say it, it's fun to hear those stories, but um, more often than not, it's the normal day-to-day yeah. stuff that, you know, your brain is on autopilot, you're thinking about, you know, getting to work on time, or what else you got to do that day, and you're just not paying attention, and that's when it happens. And usually it's right before some event, because... You've been training. Your body's a little stressed. Yeah. You know. Well, that was like me <laughs> when I when I sh- broke my foot. I mean, my boss even looked at me. He's like, "You do Spartan races. You do all of these things, and don't get in, in you know severe injuries, but you hurt your foot climbing a ladder in the warehouse." And I'm like, "Eh, it happens." Yep, that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it just is. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, it doesn't really matter where the injury happens. It's just a matter of trying to get back from it. So, and I mean, the one thing is with, yeah. with G is I've never seen anybody who smiles as much as that man. So I know. I, I think yeah. he's going to come through with this and in, in yes. great form. I mean, he's just, he's like the happiest guy you've ever met. <laughs> I know. How would it be to be that happy? I don't know. I don't we got to find out his secret. <laughs> We do, because, I mean, it's just, it's amazing, the fact that, I mean, he's always smiling and always, yeah, he's a great guy. So, you know, that's just, you know, it comes back, you know, coming back from injury. I mean, that's, that's the hard part in this, but it's also, I think it shows the grit of, you know, the OCR community. I mean, you got these people who have severe injuries that pretty much, they should really be done. I mean, yeah, it would probably take out a normal person, yeah. you know, that's like, oh man, I'm never going to be able to do this again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was kind of, you know, they'll be back at it, yeah. you know, from the few races. And, and that's what I, that's what I love though, is I think that's why I feel like this is, you know, my family or these are the people I want to work with in my career because there is just that level of, of grit, of determination, of, you know, like, 
I've been through a lot. And that's what I meant earlier with like, you can tell that people have gone through some crazy stuff because they have that fire in their eye, you know, like I've already been through this, this and this, like this isn't going to stop me. And there's something very powerful and kind of addicting to being around people like that. And I think it kind of, it wears off on you and it does, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool thing to see a group of people that have all got an individual story, um, you know, out there getting muddy, helping each other out. Like, I think that's my most favorite part of all of this is just seeing that true, like, humanness come out and that determination and that fight. Um, it really is amazing. Oh, it is. I agree. Um, that, that's one thing I love about doing this podcast is I get to talk to those people and hear these amazing stories, you know, of how you find out things that, you know, I mean, I, I knew like I'd heard you had thyroid cancer, but never really confirmed it. So, I mean, you know, hearing that and the, the, the problems, you know, that you've had to go through with the medication, that's not something I knew about, but now talking to you, it, it gives more more to your story in my mind. And I mean, that's kind of, you know, what's great about talking to all these people. I mean, a normal person that thyroid cancer and then the, the effects of the medication afterwards would have stopped them. Yeah. But you're still yeah. going. I mean, and it's, it's, yeah, it stopped a lot of people that I knew. Like I started looking, you know, you start reaching out when things happen to you, you start, you start looking around like, okay, who else has this happened to? Yep. And where are they now? And I started seeing these women that like literally just, gave up. I mean, they were 40, 50 pounds overweight. They were miserable. They were probably what I now truly believe severely under medicated, but they stopped doing the things they loved. They stopped being active. And it was all this, like, my body just doesn't do that anymore. I can't do that. And it was this mentality of this broke me, you know, and and it scared me because I started seeing those changes in myself. I started seeing that weight just even more come on and come on and come on. And I, the harder I was battling it, the more I felt like I was just literally dying. Like I was so tired and I was so like, it was this mental versus physical battle that I have never been through in my life, you know? And I remember being at the grocery store and just being like, okay, I guess I have to be even stricter with what I'm eating. And all that was in my cart was like three bags of frozen broccoli and like two packages of chicken breast. And I was like, this is all I'm eating for the next, you know, month until I see that scale move down. And it didn't. And it just kept, you know, coming. And it was so frustrating. And I I can see where people would give up or they would say, okay, I guess this is my life now. And that was, that was scary, and I'm so glad I didn't do that. I'm glad I had just, I don't know what it was, but I had that little tiny last bit of fire. My mom would probably say it because I'm defiant, but this yeah. little, like, voice in me was like, screw this, this is not how I'm going down, you know, and I'm so glad I went back and found another doctor and was like, this is not, this isn't right, something's not right, and thank God we, we found it, but I think... You know, you look to other people like, how are they dealing with this? And um, and then I kind of didn't want to talk about it to anybody. You know, I didn't want to tell anyone that I was going through this because I was just, I was ashamed. And I was like, everyone's going to think I'm a poser because I, I run and I do these things, but I don't look like these athletes. And if I'm honest, like, I still kind of deal with that, that uh, dark thought, you know, in the very background, yeah. like, 
I should look like the elite. You know, I should look like these CrossFitters. I should look like these people. And I have to remind myself, like, you're on your own path and you're dealing with your own, your own demons and your own, you know, obstacles. You can't, you can't think that you have to be this way in order to be a Spartan, in order to be a beast, in order to be anything, you know? And so, um, it really wasn't until I moved up here and met all the beasts and started like hearing other stories and kind of realizing like we're all real people. And yes, there's a bunch of us that look amazing, uh, but they're dealing with their own battles too, you know? And so, then I kind of started to share a little bit here and there my story because I don't I don't ever want to see someone give in to any illness or any post illness you know effects of medication or losing something or having something broken um, I don't want to see them go through that you know and and be where I was where you think that this is it you know and so then I started talking and kind of sharing and advocating and saying, you know, we're, we're never too young, we're never too healthy for anything, you know, um, no. something doesn't seem right, speak up, don't just say, okay, I guess this is how it's going to be, like, speak up, keep looking, look to another doctor, another PT, another person, yeah. find somebody that will listen and try something else before you give up. And that's the truth. I mean, it's one of those things. I've seen it so many times and talked to so many people in the beast where there's certain things that, like you said, that most people be like, yeah, cool. I guess this is how it is. Now I'm done. And, you know, one of the ones I talk about a lot is Emily. And that's just because I was I was there and I saw it was, you know, the beast two years ago in Montana when it took us 13 and a half hours and Emily was mentally done. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to see her on a Spartan course again. She is yeah. toast, you know, and mentally yeah. she was just done. And then all of a sudden, yeah. come the next year in Montana, she's, what, 75, 80 pounds lighter? And she tore through that yeah. course like it was nothing. And I'm like, I am yeah. so proud of you. Because right. most people yeah. just would have been like, that was the worst experience of my life. I just spent 13 and a half hours on a mountain to a point yeah. where she didn't remember, like, three hours of that trip because her brain was done. Yeah. And instead of saying, yeah, yeah, I'm done. That's it. I ain't doing this anymore. She said, I need to make sure that doesn't happen again. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, like as community members, as, as brothers and sisters and, you know, whatever you want to call all of us co-mingling in this craziness together. Yeah. I think that that's kind of a cool part too is, you know, maybe there's a situation where somebody is going to walk away and they're like, I am never doing this again. This is horrible. I feel horrible. Or maybe they're telling themselves, like, see, I'm not meant to do this or I can't do this sort of thing. I I love that we have that opportunity to step in and, and kind of ch- change their path, you know, like yeah. remind them, like, hey, we're all all suck sometimes or we're all struggling or we're all doing this but we're right next to you and you can do this and we're going to help you and we're going to help you get better or we're going to help you you know whatever and it is so amazing how powerful just having one person believe in you or one person say no that's crazy you're not a quitter you're not a loser you're not you know whatever it is you're telling yourself just having one person let alone 20 on a team you know right next to you, you can drastically make a difference in someone's life. And I don't know any other place, you know, maybe like military or, you know, professional teams or stuff like that. But 
I've never, I've never personally been somewhere where I see time and time again that impact on someone, you know? And it's, oh, yeah. an, it's an amazing thing, and it's real. It happens at every single race. We all see it. Oh, yeah, we and do. it's nice to know that if ever I am at that low point, I know that there's going to be 20 beasts around me saying, you know, bullshit, no, we're not letting you quit. And it's just, there's something very empowering about that. Oh, yeah, and there is. And, I mean, it's one of those things, I mean, I've seen it multiple times because it's, for me, Montana is... Montana is my favorite Spartan race and also my least favorite at the same time. Yeah. I love Montana, but I hate Montana at the same time because every year when I come back from Montana, it's almost like clockwork. Usually about a day or two after, I'm like, I'm taking a break. Just leave me alone for a bit. I need to think about some things because Montana kicks my ass so bad. And it's not that I'm going to quit or I'm thinking of quitting. I just need to... I need to try and process what happened this time. You know, it's been four years of Montana and I've come back every year with something. Something hasn't gone right. And it comes back to my training and everything else. And I just need that time to process and think, okay, what am I going to try? What am I going to do to fix this? Because obviously the last three years I haven't. So, and that's my time to process it. And a lot of people, when I post that, people are like, oh no, you know, don't go anywhere. And I'm like, I'm not really going anywhere. I just need a couple of days to process what I didn't do to make Montana better. You know, Montana shouldn't have been as hard as it was for me again, but it was because I didn't train correctly. So what do I need to do to fix that? And, but like I said, it's one of those things. When I say that you get so many people that pop up like, wait a minute, where do you think you're going? You know, and that's just this community. We all care about you. I know. Yeah. But But it's just, I think, I think with any of these massive events, um, I think if you're not taking that moment afterwards to kind of check in with yourself and say, you know, what did I learn? What did, where was I awesome than last time? And where was I struggling more than last time? Um, I think you're missing out on a really important opportunity, you know, to kind of yeah. take, take a, you know, inventory of how am I, how am I feeling? Did I enjoy it? Number one, I think we always, always, always need to be asking ourselves, did I have any fun? And if your answer is no, then that's a screaming red light. Like, let's figure out why. Because we all came to this stuff because it's fun, because it makes us happy. And if we're not happy, we got to figure out why. You know what I mean? Whether it's training, whether it's an injury, whether it's your state of mind. Is it just the course? Was it just the weather? You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. It's okay to not be happy or to to have a bad race. Like, I think everyone stresses really hard on having every race be an amazing race where they're just, you know, like, nothing went wrong. I finished. I beat my last time. I beat my last time. You know, I think everyone focuses so heavily on that that if it's not those things, they get really upset about it. And... Even our bad races teach us things. Oh, yeah. And they're good for us. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can still enjoy and walk away smiling from a bad race. None of us, you know what I mean? Like, it is not a direct correlation of you as a person. It wasn't like you went out there and got judged. No. It was an inventory. Like, how's your life going? How's your training going? How's your diet going? And and if, if you struggled and you had a hiccup, you know what I mean? It could just be that it was an off day. No big deal. Like, you're still a badass because you're in this group. You do these things. You kick your own butt and you show up every day. Like, 
you don't lose your badass car because you have a bad race. But I think people miss out on that opportunity and they just walk away and say, oh man, that sucks, you know, it's horrible. And instead of looking at it like, okay, what did it teach you? Yeah, that's what very true. It, what, yeah, what particularly was not so great about this particular race and, you know, whatever it is, go to people. Ask, you know, if there's, if there's a PT. Go talk to a PT. I can send you to some PTs until I'm actually one myself. If it's nutrition, let's get you talking to somebody who knows diet, who knows your specific health needs. Let's get you trained. Let's get you with a group of different people that will kind of fuel your soul, you know. Whatever it is, there's so many of us that it should just be just that, an inventory of what you need to tweak and who you need to talk to. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's great about this group is, I mean, there's so many different people in this group that yeah. you can find all of that pretty much within the group. I mean, you, yeah. you know, you're a PT or you're training to become a PT, but you know other PTs yep. that can help people. Um, you know, yeah. I know we have, uh, I was trying to think, I thought that we had somebody in the group that actually is a nutritionist, but I don't know for sure if we do or not. But we have yeah, people that know I'm, nutritionists. I know we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have people who know them. Oh, yeah, so am I. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, if there's anyone listening who is right now in need of something like that, like, reach out. Don't, yeah. don't take that on and just let it beat you up. Like, let it just be a little, a little nudge. Like, hey, let's tweak this. Like, it's not a big deal. You know what I mean? We're all yeah. all the time. And we have all sorts um, of people that are trainers. Exactly. I mean, you got exactly. Jessica Martin, you got Adam, yep. you know, Elise. Yep. I mean, so many different people that are are trainers that yeah. will tra- help train you and give you a training regimen that to help you get to where you need to be. So, I mean, exactly. we got, we got a great, and it's cool to ask multiple people too. get multiple ideas and multiple point of views. And, you know, sometimes it takes kind of a combination of what other people have done or what they're currently doing to find what's right for you. Oh yeah. You know? And make sure to, if you have someone that's helping you train, tell them everything. Exactly. You know what I mean? Tell them every limitation you have, what you like to do, yeah. what you don't like to do, because they can help tailor your workout to help either, you know, make your limitations not so limiting or to right. make sure to take that limitation into account. You know, if for yeah. whatever reason, like, you know, like me, my left foot does not bend the way it's supposed to, a good trainer could help me either not make that a more of a problem or help me fix it. You know, and help right. me find ways to do it, you know, and whatever your issue is, make sure you let them know so they can really, yeah, truly definitely. help you. So, yeah. 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 Wow, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, we've probably been on here forever, but I could just talk all day about all kinds of stuff. Oh, I know. Um, well, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because we're actually just about to hit an hour. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's so many things I could talk about, but... um. Maybe we'll have to, like, make a specific PT episode or something yes. or answer some people's questions or, I don't know, we could make a question and answer time. I don't know. That's actually a pretty good idea. Um, Maybe I should post that, that we should have a thing that say, hey, if you have questions about PT or questions about training, that they could yeah. leave messages on the Facebook page and that we could have an episode where we just answer people's questions. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. awesome. I would love that. Yeah. Um, there are two things I want to address that have been like really popular amongst uh, beasts lately that mm-hmm. I think would be helpful, maybe. Um, one is foam rolling. 
And uh, from a PT's perspective, foam rolling can be amazing. It's an amazing tool. I definitely um, am pro foam roller. The thing is, is it's all about timing. Um, a lot of people go, they bring their foam rollers to the Spartans or to their hotels and they foam roll like in between the super and the sprint or yeah. right after. Um, please, please don't do that. <laughs> Uh, the way foam rolling works is it actually is meant to break up little adhesions that little, you know, uh, scar tissue that, that forms between your skin and the dermal layers and your muscles. And what that foam rolling does is it causes these micro tears of those little adhesions. So when you go out and do a Spartan, basically you're just causing micro tears all day long, right? You're, yeah. you're tearing those muscles, you're tearing those ligaments. I mean, that's the normal thing. You're injuring yourself. It's just that's what our body does. Yeah. Then when you go back to your hotel room or back to the crash pad or your house or wherever, and you start foam rolling, you're just causing more more micro tears on muscles, ligaments, tendons that are already like in crisis mode <laughs> at max capacity of, of tension and injury. So better is waiting twenty four. 48 is actually better, maybe even 72 hours after your big, heavy events to foam roll. Don't do any of that. Do some light massage with your hands. Don't dig deep, but just rub everything. Get that blood flowing, um, but save those big, gnarly, you know, knobby balls and, and the rollers for about 48 to 72 hours after, and you will start healing a lot better. Um, and then my only other thing is... Leave your mustard and pickle juice, leave it at home. <laughs> leave it in the fridge, where it belongs. Go and get some legit electrolyte tablets, powders, gels, whatever it is. Go get those because they have all of the different um, electrolytes you need in specific ratios to help you. Uh, the acetic acid, that's the vinegar that's in those other things. They'll give you some sodium maybe, uh, maybe some potassium or magnesium, but it's not giving you the full spectrum of electrolytes that you need to keep you from cramping up or to relieve those cramps when they start setting on. Um, if you can start drinking some noon tablets two or three days before your event and then all through the day of and during, you will probably be, you know, cramp-free uh, going that route than packing your bag full of mustard and trying to attack it on the field. <laughs> yeah, and I've heard that before. There's my, there's my two tidbits. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before, and it's one of those things that, you know, it really comes down to, uh, and it's something I, I, I'm I a, a victim of all the time, Um Hydration, hydrating before the event. Yeah. There's so many people that yeah. start like the day before or something like that. Um, I know it really helped me in Montana this time because Emily started a, a Facebook messenger group of, you know, hydration two weeks before the event. Yeah. So we were sitting there yeah. and she would um, every once in a while just send a message to the whole group like, water bomb, just drink some water, do something, reminding yeah. all of us to hydrate. And that's yeah. the thing is, I mean, really you should be hydrating – 365 days a year. I mean, really. Yes. Um, but. Yeah. Yeah. Ideally. Optimally, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, yes. before a big event, you should really start a week to two weeks ahead. 
to really yeah, get that. Definitely. So your body is really hydrated and good to go. Um, and like yeah. I said, that's something I've been horrible about. Um, I mean, up until these last couple of races, my, my night before meal was a steak and a whiskey and Coke, oh, well, which is pretty much not. exactly what they tell you not to do. I mean, <laughs> uh, how did so, that work for you? Hey, it worked fine. I finished every race. As I've said, I've only, well, DN- I've only I've DNF'd one yeah. race and that's because they pulled me off. They made me quit. Well, so. I mean, you know, you don't have to be, uh, you don't have to start being like super chemistry nerd, yeah. you know, before every race. I yeah. mean, if you want to have a beer, have a beer, but do it smart. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, I, I agree. Think the key is, is, you know, a few days, at least a week, optimally, you know, a couple weeks. Uh, be smart. And, you know, you got to be careful. Don't over, don't over hydrate. Yeah. Like, uh, if you're just chugging tons of water, you're actually going to do worse because you'll start rinsing all of the electrolytes you do have in your system out. Yep. Um, so you want to do, you know, uh, a, an equal ratio is what I tell people. Do an equal ratio of clean, pure water, uh, one-to-one ratio, you know, one bottle of, of pure water to one bottle of water with a couple of noon tablets or, you know, whatever brand you you choose. I prefer yeah. noon, but I, uh, I that's the chemistry nerd in me because I like the ratio. Yeah, I have um, I have noons what so I used to. One, you know, yeah, <laughs> that way you're hydrating, you're getting the water intake, but you're not getting so much just water that you're actually flushing your electrolytes out. But if you want to have a beer, if you think that your pre race, you know, uh, ritual is, you know, whatever it is. She like said it was the races before, not in the yeah, if you're taking care of it, you know, the weeks leading up to your event, you should be able to have kind of whatever you want, you know, and yeah. it shouldn't make you or break you the next day no. because you've been taking care of your body. That's the thing. I think a lot of us weekend warriors, you know, have a tendency to, oh gosh, race weekend's coming up, it's Wednesday, I better, you know what I mean? I better clean up my act or gosh, yeah. I didn't realize it's coming up so soon. Um, it should be constant. Like we are athletes and, and I think that's a little mindset that I've just now in the past couple of years accepted is even though I don't look like a magazine cover, I am an athlete because this is the mentality and this is the life I live. Therefore, I need to treat my body like an athlete's body. I need to take care of it. I need to feed it. I need to hydrate it. I need to work it out and stretch it and do all the things that an athlete would do. And I think we all need to do that. If we yes. want to go and just kick ass on these courses, we got to treat our bodies like these machines that are meant to go do all that awesome stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I agree completely. So, yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think we'll we'll end the episode. It's been it's been fun. This was a great episode. And I definitely like yeah. your idea of we should put up a, a poll and not really a poll, but a a Q&A thing where we can have people ask us questions and maybe once a month yeah. we'll do an episode, the two of us, and just talk about, you know, different PT things. Maybe we can find some of the trainers like a Adam or Jessica Martin yeah. to join us and talk about some of the training issues or Elise or somebody. And just, yeah, we could have yeah. a Q&A, Q&A episode every month. I, I like that idea. So I would love that. I think it'd be fun. Um, yeah, let's, let's bring it out to the team and see what they think. And I think it'd be a great opportunity to kind of bring us all together and, you know, we got a lot of great brains on this team and we a do. lot of good experience that, you know, uh, I don't think we're utilizing that, you know, you kind of maybe stumble across like, oh, I didn't know you knew this or I didn't know you did this or had this degree or whatever, you know, I think 
and oh, I agree. it together. And, yeah. I agree. It was like when I did the episode with Michael Lee and he realized that I trained CPR and first aid and all that stuff. And he's like, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. We all have, we all have things that we do in our everyday lives that everyone, other people don't know about, you know, like, you know, like I said, I'm a first aid CPR instructor, you know, and other stuff that people are like, Oh, we could use that. You know, that's one thing me and Adam have talked about is possibly at some point having a class, a first aid CPR class for the group that I could teach. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, at a discounted price. So, I mean, there's yeah. something that we could, yeah, we could bring a lot of that together. Yeah. So, there's, yeah. yeah, there's so much to offer. And there's so many amazing people in this group that I think any any opportunity we can to, like, let them shine and, and kind of just as a group, like, progress to the next level, I think we got to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we do. Perfect. All right. Well, it's cool. been a blast talking to you, and we're going to have to do this again. Yes. See, the listeners don't know. I've been trying to convince Janelle for, what, I think pretty much since this started to be on the show and talk. Yeah. She did one with me, her, and Adam that was, you know, so, but. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess we'll see how everyone likes it, but hopefully they're like, oh my gosh, you talked way too much. No, it was awesome. Yeah. I would love to be on again. And thanks so much. It's really been great being able to talk and. Yeah, yeah. No. Awesome. Perfect. I love Perfect. this team. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you have All a good right. rest of your weekend, and I will talk to you later. Yeah. Yep. All right. You too. Bye, yep. everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.